Today's Lock on Giants podcast episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKON and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's builtbar.com. Are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you as we get ready to start a holiday weekend. It is Friday, February 12th, President's Weekend coming up. And if you're in the Northeast, it looks like we're in for some more bad weather. Yay! So what better way to uh, keep everybody warm, keep everybody into this football state of mind than to have a brand new podcast. And today on the show, I'm going to do something a little different. I originally was going to do a free agent Friday show, but uh, I came up with an idea for an article that I wrote on Giants Country about grading the Giants draft picks. And I said to myself, self, why not just do a show on this as well? Because, you know, talking gives me an opportunity to to further justify and explain certain picks. So what I did was I took the class of 2018, which has now been in the league for three years. And that's usually the time period that, you know, most experts say is fair to, to pass judgment on a draft class. And I graded each of the Giants' uh, draft picks of that class. And we'll go over those today uh, on the show. And uh, you can tell me if you agree or disagree. Uh, But first, before we get to that, a couple of housekeeping things. Um, I want to send a shout-out to two people who were kind enough to take the opportunity to write to me. Uh, Peter Berg who um, shared his memories. He really enjoyed the show that we did on Thursday, in which we did a throwback Thursday, the Giants' greatest non-playoff wins, my choices at any rate. And uh, Peter was kind enough to check in and share one of his, which was uh, 1985 versus Pittsburgh, which clinched a playoff berth. And um, also saw Joe Morris, who's one of Peter's favorite uh, players, run for over 200 yards in that game. So, uh, Peter, thank you so much for checking in with that memory. That was a good one. I I went back and I looked that one up, and you're right. Just so many, you know, good ones. and You can really do like a week's worth of show, maybe even more. Um, to, to get all of the games of their due justice. So thank you for, for sharing that memory with me. And I also want to uh, send a shout out to a gentleman whose name is Gary. And uh, unfortunately, I don't have the email. I thought I still had it. Um, I'm just looking here. Don't have the email. But uh, Gary mentioned that he is a longtime listener, a daily listener of the Locked on Giants podcast. Gary, appreciate you taking the time to write to me with the kind words. And, um, you know, we'll just continue to do our best to earn your your loyalty. And, and to those of you on Twitter who were nice enough to send kudos over yesterday's show, thank you so much for the feedback. Really, you know, that's the way I figure out what you guys and gals want to hear. 
is if you take the time to either tweet me or drop me a quick note and say, hey, I like this idea, I don't like this idea, what about a show on this, what about a show on that, I'm pretty easy. I try and, and give my readers and my listeners what they want to hear and what they want to read. So don't ever be afraid to send feedback. Um, it is appreciated and um, happy to, to do it. One other quick note. Today is the deadline for our Fan Appreciation Week application process. Text Big Blue all one word, to 474747, and you will get back a link to our online application if you want to be uh, appear on the Lockdown Giants podcast. Uh, standard text message and data rates do apply. Um, basically, the application is just a quick thing. It's, it's nothing complex. Uh, just to kind of give me a little idea of stuff you might want to talk about if you are chosen to come on the podcast. And uh, the deadline is tonight, Friday night, um, 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. So if you're thinking about it, Please, you know, get that application in. Um, otherwise, it won't be the application won't be there over the weekend. Um, if you do not have text capabilities, drop me a line at lockedongiantspodcast at gmail.com, and I'm happy to send you the link to the application. So look forward to looking over those applications over the weekend and begin planning to have some of you on the podcast here where we'll just talk about Giants' memories and whatnot. All right, now, enough of the chit-chat. Let's get into the the purpose of today's show, which is grading the New York Giants' uh, 2018 draft class. And there were six members of that class, so I'm just going to go down the line, and I'm going to give you the grades that I gave them, and just kind of talk a little bit more about why I went with those particular grades. And if you agree, disagree, again, Feel free to drop me a line and tell me what you think. All right, so let's start off with Saquon Barkley, the running back. Uh, He was chosen number two overall, obviously. And, you know, there are two sides of the coin with Saquon Barkley. There are some people who felt that, you know, for the Giants to spend the number two overall pick in the draft on a running back, as opposed to maybe trading down and getting more value, That's the course that they should have taken. Now, at the time, and I'm going to, you know, this is a disclaimer here. At the time, I was in favor of the move. And the reason why I was in favor of the Giants drafting Barkley was because they had Eli Manning, who was an aging quarterback. And the value that I saw Barkley potentially bringing to the offense was as a runner, he could take some of the onus off of Eli Manning, who was coming off of a uh, two or three seasons in which he was just throwing the ball 600-plus times a season. Not what you necessarily want to see from a quarterback who was getting up there in age. So I saw the value of that. I figured, okay, a running game would be Manning's best friend. Of course, you know, silly me, an offensive line would have been Manning's better friend. But, you know, I kind of saw what they were doing or trying to do, and I gave them the benefit of the doubt, like I always try to do with any, you know, any move that comes in. Now, Barkley, I'm never going to hold injuries against a guy because no player looks to get hurt. And Barkley, you know, two years in a row now has had lower body injuries, which, you know, he's come back from the first one, the, the high ankle sprain that he suffered in 2019. But, uh, you know, it remains to be seen what he does with coming back from the ACL. There is some early optimism. 
and the Giants do think he's going to be just as good as new. But again, I always go back to Victor Cruz and how there was the same cautious optimism, and we all know how that transpired. So I'm not saying Bar Barkley's going to be another Victor Cruz, but call me, you know, call me from the Missouri State. Show me <laughs> before I, uh, you know, before I buy into anything. So a couple things with Barkley. Number one, the coaching staffs, I think we can all agree that the coaching staffs just haven't really used Barkley to his strengths. You know, he's good out in space, and yet they, they don't really, they haven't really done that. Now, I'll kind of give this coaching staff a pass because they only had Barkley for about five uh, quarters of play, maybe maybe a hair over four for being, you know, for being precise. But I just never understood what is the point of taking this versatile running back and not using him to his fullest potential. That's kind of like, you know, you buy a gadget that can do 50 things just to do one thing. It's kind of a waste of money, a waste of resources if you're not going to use that gadget to do all 50 things. So that's kind of why I've always kind of seen Saquon Barkley's uh, start to his career with the Giants. Now, admittedly, Barkley hasn't been blessed by the best running run blocking by an offensive line. Uh, but, you know, I look at Barkley, and I'll be honest with you, I see a guy who's, who right now is a boomer bust player. He always seems to be l looking for the home run ball, you know, the long ball, the highlight reel ball. And, you know, you go back and you look at some of the runs that Barkley has had, and, and you realize just how much yardage he has left on the field, whereas instead of cutting to the outside where he thought he had a, a you know daylight, if he had cut inside, maybe he would have just kept moving the chains as opposed to you know going for that home run ball. I mean, there's something to be said with being patient and taking what you can get and living to the next down. And I just felt like, you know, the last few games that Barkley has played in, there's been a lot of yards that he's left on the field. And again, I'm not saying, you know, I realized that the high ankle sprain in 2019 was a part of that, but I just felt like there, there was more that, that could have come from his game. Um, we all know the story about his past blocking. It hasn't been good. Um, it wasn't good this year, and it's basically been a problem, I think, um, in, in the three years he's been in the NFL. And I don't know if it's technique. I don't know if it's a lack of desire. I don't know exactly what it is. Um, I don't think it's a lack of desire. I think Barkley is a willing blocker. But just, you know, if you're looking for an Achilles heel in his, his game, that would be it. Now, with all that said, folks, the number two overall pick in the draft, you really don't want to be saying that that number two overall pick in the draft has any Achilles heels. So with that, with, with that said, I gave Barkley a, a B for a grade, which I, I realize is being generous. I thought about giving him a C, but I also factor in the injury issue. You know, how much of, of that sprained ankle that he dealt with in 2019 was a factor because that was a you know that was a big chunk of, of, of his issue. You know, as a rookie, I thought he was solid. I would have given him a, an A if we were just going off of his rookie season alone. Uh, last year, 2020, 
incomplete. So I kind of met in the middle, and, and like I said, I, I, I was a little generous with that particular grade, gave him a B. Um, I do think if he comes back healthy uh, and, and shows he has the same burst and explosiveness and the ability to cut back, he's going to be... Uh, he's going to continue to justify, I think, you know, why he was a first-round pick. But I need to see more from Saquon Barkley. And, and, and you know, I don't want to say that his injury was a blessing in disguise uh, because, look, I, I never want to see anybody get hurt. But can you imagine if the Giants had given him a new contract this offseason based on, you know, what we have seen so far from him. I, I just don't know how you could have justified it. I think with Barkley, you have to kind of, you have to see another season, get another season out of him, maybe even go to, to his uh, option year and his rookie year. Because, look, I've never been one to say, let's go run out and let's sign a guy because he had a good first year or, or one good year. See a, a pattern of multiple good years and then go out and sign a guy to, a, to big money. Otherwise, what you're, you're going to end up have happening is kind of like what you're seeing with, you know, the, the Rams with Jared Goff uh, before they traded him to, to the Lions. What you're seeing in Philadelphia with Carson Wentz. Okay, yes, they're quarterbacks, but the point is, is don't be so quick to sign guys to multi-year extensions worth big bucks until you have a history you know, of, of repeated success and production. That's that's the message I'm trying to get across there with Barkley. So um, bottom line, let's hope he comes back good as new and see what he can do behind an improved offensive line, which appears to be on the right track. You're listening to Lock on Giants with Patricia Trainer. We are doing, uh, we're grading the 2018 Giants draft class in this show. When we come back, we'll take a look at a few more of the Giants draft picks here on the Love on Giants podcast. Have you tried the all new and improved Built Bar? If not, you're missing out on one of the industry's healthiest and tastiest snack treats that's loaded with protein and low on sugar. With 18 different flavors, including nut and non-nut variety, You'll enjoy healthy snacks covered in 100% chocolate that's soft and easy to chew and, most importantly, great for the health conscious. Built Bars are great for folks on the keto diet and include protein and fiber nutrients you need without the exorbitant calories. And use the code LOCKEDON at checkout to save $10 off your next purchase. Visit BuiltBar.com to check out their amazing offering of flavors and put your customized box together. And don't forget, use the code LOCKEDON at checkout to save $10 off your order. That's BuiltBar.com. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Trena, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. If you're looking for a way to keep Giants football in the forefront, during this offseason, pick up a copy of my new book, The Big 50 New York Giants, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. This 350-plus page book takes a deep dive into the rich history of the Giants franchise, covering every era with stories, photos, and more that take you behind the headlines. The Big 50 New York Giants is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, TriumphBooks.com, and wherever books are sold. Pick up your copy today, and thank you to everyone for your support. 
And welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. And here on Locked On Giants, we're covering everything you need to know about the New York Giants. But what about the rest of sports? Well, now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well. But Locked On Today, hosted by the great Peter Bukowski. And it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And if you missed it, guys, yesterday I ran an actual show, a bonus episode, if you will, of Locked On Today. Check it out. Peter really does a good job with that. You know, it's very well produced with music clips. I mean, it it sounds like a radio program. So do check it out. I think you're going to like it subscribe and rate you know we do appreciate the feedback we get from our listeners and um, I, I I just know you're going to like this one like I said so all right let's get back to our task in hand which is rating the New York Giants class of 2018 and we did Saquon Barkley in the last segment so let's do pick number two round two pick number 34 overall guard Will Hernandez now Will Hernandez is an interesting player. When he first got to the Giants, there was talk that he could be the next Pro Bowl guard for the Giants, that he had certain qualities, a lot of qualities, that would remind people of Chris Snape, who was also a second-round draft pick back in the day, I think back in 2004. I think Snape played at Boston College. Hernandez played at UTEP which uh, a little smaller school, so there was maybe a little bit more of a learning curve or adjustment curve. But as a rookie, Hernandez did pretty well. You know, he played well, um, you know, great power in his game. Uh, it was a little raw with his technique, but, you know, he showed some, some progress as the year went on. And you thought to yourself, okay, they've got their left guard of the future. Then year tier two came along. And in his second season, um, Hernandez started to regress, for lack of a better term. Um, he gave up 31 pressures after giving up, you know, 29 as a rookie. And um, four penalties, uh, which um, I think was double what he gave up the year prior. Uh, despite playing in nearly the same amount of snaps and in the same offensive system. So he really didn't take a step forward in year two, as many people had expected him to. He He more or less took a step backward. The most glaring development in Hernandez's uh, career trajectory, if you will, was the fall off in the mental game and an inability to to really improve his technique to adjust accordingly. So, for example, he had a power with speed, which a lot of offensive linemen do. But if you have solid technique, you can at least battle to a draw. And, you know, go back and look at the tape of Hernandez, and and you'll see every time he goes up against a speed rusher, he just totally, you know... He's all over the place. It's It becomes more or less, you know, a, a battle to survive out there as opposed to really having a plan. The mental aspect of it, you know, you go back and you look at the, the number of, of stunts and twists and blitzes that come his way. 
and how he mishandled some of them. And you just sit there and you wonder what is going on. Why why all of a sudden is this a problem? Now, let's be fair here. There are a couple of reasons for this. When Hernandez was a rookie, he had Nate Solder next to him, a healthy Nate Solder. And if you don't think for a moment that the guy who lines up next to you isn't important, think again, because it is important. In his second season, Hernandez had a banged up Nate Solder next to him. And Nate Solder, you know, because he was a shell of him, his, his former self, he struggled. And you just wonder how much of those struggles rubbed off on Hernandez, who, by the way, in his second season was playing next to John Jalapio, a great guy, but a relatively inexperienced center who, you know, you, you question some of the line calls that he made at the time. So you wonder how much of that was a, a factor in this whole mental aspect of, of his, you know, the, the drop-off, if you will, in his mental game. Okay, now, um, in year three, um, the big question I had for Hernandez, who, as we know, this year was diagnosed with COVID-19, never got his starting job back. He was replaced by Shane Lemieux. So what I'm wondering now with Will Hernandez is, is he a fit for the scheme that this offensive, uh, you know, Jason Garrett wants to run? Now, Hernandez is at his best when he can operate in a phone booth and, and just exude power. Send him out on a pull. I mean, go back and again, if you look at the tape, you'll, you'll see times when he was asked to pull and he... For whatever reason, he I don't know if he was nursing an injury or whatnot, but he was usually a hair or two late uh, to get to his mark. And now all of a sudden he had to take weird angles and, you know, or not get completely complete pieces of his man and plays would blow up. So I just wonder, you know, if that's part of it. Now, to be fair to Will Hernandez, you know, multiple coaches. He had two position coaches. He's going to be going on his third one um, this coming year. And then before the two that he had in 2020, Mark Colombo, Dave, Dave Guglielmo, um, he had a he had a Hal Hunter as a rookie. So for a kid who came out of a small school program like UTEP, that's a lot of different coaching changes. And a lot of different philosophies that probably flooded his his ears, if you will. So I don't think the Giants are going to give up on Will Hernandez. I don't know necessarily if he's going to be a starter. I think he'll get to compete for the job. But, you know, will he be able to beat out Shane Lemieux? That remains to be seen. And, of course, it also remains to be seen if the Giants decide to bring in another player at guard. But... All things considered, folks, I, I'm giving Hernandez a D because of the drop-off from year one to year two to year three. It, it just seems like he's gone backwards in each year, regardless of what the circumstances are. You know, you can only point to those in so many instances. At some point, you have to say, okay, yes, everybody has adversity. When do you rise above it? So... I'm sorry. I love Will Hernandez. I think he's a he's a, a sweetheart of a guy, but I'm giving that pick a D for the second round draft pick. 
All right, next pick. Let's take a look at Lorenzo Carter. Round three, number 66 overall, outside linebacker. Now, Carter is a guy who, when he first got here, I didn't know what to make of him. I didn't know what was his best fit. Was he, you know, a, a wide nine? Was he more of a five tech? Could he maybe even be an inside linebacker? You know, there, there were just so many questions about him. And the more you you studied Carter on tape, the more you realized that his best role was as a hunter. The role that Marcus Golden ran in 2019 in which he was so successful. And the Giants, of course, switched up Carter's role, um, changing him from that wide nine technique to more of a hunter role. And guess what? He started to show that promise that we had heard about. Um, in 2020, Carter was off to his best start as a pro. Um, he just had, um, you know, he, he was smart. He was diagnosing plays before they, they came to fruition. He was taking better angles. He had a pass rush plan. He showed the most progress, I think, of all the Giants draft picks from 2018. And unfortunately, he had that ruptured Achilles tendon, which ended his season, I think, in week five. Really a shame because Carter was on the verge of really breaking out. And, you know, we talk about how the Giants need a stud pass rusher on this defense. I wonder if Carter could have been one of those studs. I really do because that's how much of a leap forward Carter made. So I'm giving that draft pick, that particular uh pick round three number 66 overall I'm giving Carter a solid B and the reason why I didn't give him an A is because I want to see more you know it, it again it, he, he he was he was lost for the season so early and we didn't get to see more but what we did see was very very encouraging and you know he, he suffered that injury early in the season he should be back a hundred percent I can't wait to see what he brings to the table in 2021. I think he's he's just, he's going to be able to pick up where he left off. I just hope, you know, he still has that burst off off the, you know, off the snap there that he showed prior to his injury. You're listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trena. We're going to take our final break and when we come back, we'll wrap it up with the rest of the Giants class of 2018. Stay with us. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your sportsbook expert. Welcome back, Giant fans, to segment three of Locked On Giants. Patricia Trana here with you, and we are breaking down the Giants 2018 draft class, giving them all uh, grades because it's been three years and this is the prescribed time that you can give a grade to, um, you know, a draft class, at least what uh, people consider to be a fair time. So we will uh, wrap up the rest of the draft 
the uh, class of 2018 in just a moment. But first, 2020 is mercifully over and it's time for a fresh starts and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get your podcasts. All right, continuing on now with the Giants uh, draft pick. We left off with uh, B.J. Hill, and he is the third-round pick, number 69 overall defensive tackle. Now, B.J. Hill, for those who don't remember, he was part of the Jason Pierre-Paul trade, um, in which uh, the Giants traded Jason Pierre-Paul to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and one of the draft picks they got back was the extra third-rounder, B.J. Hill. Um, all right, so let's talk about B.J. Hill a little bit. Hill had a very promising rookie year. I think he had something like five and a half sacks, which was uh, second on the team that year behind Olivier Vernon. And he showed a lot of promise. You know, he was a, an inside player, did a lot of defensive tackle work, occasionally lined up on, you know, at defensive end or as a stand-up linebacker, but really was, you know, a big body in the middle. In 2019, Hill's snaps took a reduction right around the time when the Giants acquired Leonard Williams. Now, I don't think the acquisition of Leonard Williams per se was was a reflection on Hill. I think it was just, you know, the Giants saw an every down player in Leonard, Leonard Williams, who ironically has yet to play every down, but although he does play the majority of the snaps. So they bring in uh, Leonard Williams and somebody's snaps had to be sacrificed. And those somebody happened to be B.J. Hill. So when Hill went from being a starter to a rotation guy, his production declined. Um, in the last half of 2019, he recorded four out of 16 quarterback pressures, seven out of 21 tackles, and nine out of 20 run stops in those final eight games. So now enter the new coaching staff. Hill saw time in the rotation with 198 defensive snaps at tackle and a slight uptick in the number of defensive end snaps that he saw. But Overall, I think it's fair to say he was a man without a position, you know. Now, I'll also mention this, you know, you had Dalvin Tomlinson in the middle, um, who was, I think, Tomlinson was a second round pick. You also had Williams, who the Giants, like I said, traded for a first round pick, and Dexter Lawrence, a first round pick. So that probably had something to do a little bit with Hill also not being part of that starter rotation. Um, Now, Hill, what's interesting about him is I wonder if perhaps the Giants don't retain Dalvin Tomlinson in free agency. And quite frankly, I would be stunned if they do. I hope they do, but I, I don't think they're going to be able to. Could Hill maybe see a resurgence by moving into that that nose tackle spot that Tomlinson played. You know, they're basically the same size. Um, they have some some of the s- similar uh, skill sets. I, I just wonder if, you know, Tomlinson, uh, he moves on. Hill, Hill is not a bad player. I, I, I don't think his demotion was a result of B. 
because he stunk. I think it was just a case of a better player came along. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, if, if you're quarterback Joe Smith and Tom Brady comes in, guess what? Tom Brady's going to play ahead of you. There's, there's just no ands, ifs, or buts about that. So I do think that uh, B.J. Hill is, is a salvageable pick. I gave him a grade of C. Um, because I also took into consideration that there were no injuries on the defensive front to really give uh, B.J. Hill that opportunity to show his his stuff. But I, I don't think we've seen the last of him. I, I think there there's a role for him. It's just a matter of when he gets it and how it shakes out. And uh, I, I don't think that's a bad pick. I, re- I really don't see that as a, a pick that I would go and, and say, uh, no good, you know. All right. Um, next pick, Kyle Lawletta, quarterback, round four, number 108. All right, disclaimer, folks, I gave this grade an F. All right, um, and not just because he is no longer, you know, with the team. The thing that bothered me about Kyle Lawletta is... When you think of a quarterback, your quarterback is generally one of your hardest working players in the building. He is the guy who basically is the, one of the first, if not the first in the building each day, and one of the last to go home at night. I never got the impression that Lawletta was that type of guy. And you go back and you look at what the Giants, um, when, when Lawletta had his arrest in October 2018 for um, allegedly eluding police and driving recklessly. You you know, I said it back then and I'll say it now. Why was he rushing to get to work? You know, if you have, if you've left yourself plenty of time to get to work, why would you have to rush and, and potentially drive recklessly to get to your destination? Destination. Um, and then there was another um, a, a report that came out. I believe New Jersey Advanced Media had it out, uh, this particular report, that Lawletta had been late a few times to work. Now, that right there would be a major red flag for me with a quarterback. Because, you know, again, quarterbacks, they, because of all they have to know and all they have to do and learn, those are the guys you would expect to really come in and just really, you know, be your workaholics, if you will. And I always remember how in 2018, when people were in the press were calling for Kyle Lawletta because Eli Manning was struggling, he was struggling. And I kind of remember how Pat Shermer, the head coach at the time, did put Lawletta in the game. It was against Washington. He put him in for a series or so. And Lawletta looked awful. And I remember Shermer pretty much getting up there and smirking, saying, I hope you saw what you wanted to see. It was almost like he was saying, look, there's a reason why this kid's not getting any first-team snaps. There's a reason why this kid's not getting in the game. Here's the reason why. So, you know, in concept, in theory, the Giants, you know, I don't blame them for drafting a quarterback, you know, especially after they probably saw how Dallas had some luck with Dak Prescott taken in the fourth round, I believe, in the 2016 draft. You know, maybe the Giants were thinking, hey, this is this guy could potentially be our Dak Prescott. 
So I don't blame them for, for taking the risk. But as we have since learned, those guys are rare. You want a franchise quarterback, you're probably going to have to spend a top 10 pick to get him. You're not going to find a Tom Brady in the seventh round or the sixth round, I should say. You're not going to find every year a Dak Prescott or a Russell Wilson in the later rounds. So, you know, those are rare. So the Giants, you know, you can't blame them for trying. And certainly, you know, another thing that I think factored into um, their their, uh, thinking might have been to take the Sky Laletta and maybe develop him to where potentially they could trade him. You know, kind of like what the Patriots did with Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, all of it failed. And for that reason, that draft pick gets an F from me. All right, last draft pick, R.J. McIntosh, defensive tackle, fifth round, um, pick number 139. McIntosh is a guy, this, this this is another interesting guy I'm not really sure what to make of. And I, I gave him an, an incomplete grade because I don't think we've seen a lot or enough of him. Now, the coaches, obviously, they see him every day. The media is not allowed in, in to see practices. So I'm only going off of what I see and, and what I have seen from him in the past. I thought at one point, McIntosh would be a solid rotational guy. And he actually was. Uh, you know, as a rookie, um, he, he got a, a few snaps and after he he came back, you know, if you remember his rookie season, he had some undisclosed ailment that landed him on, uh, I think it was the pup list. And he came back late in the season and then they, they carried him over into a second season and he showed some flashes here and there. And I thought, okay, well, maybe this guy could be part of a rotation. Then we get to the new coaching staff. And despite, you know, being... Act, uh, being on the 53-man roster, McIntosh, I don't think he got a, a game day uniform once. He didn't appear in any games at defense, on defense, I should say. And you sit there and you wonder and you say, okay, is it something he's not doing? Is it, Or is there another circumstance? And just in knowing how coaches think, they will find a way to get a player on the field that shows he is worthy of snaps. They did not find a way to get McIntosh on the field. Now, you know, what does that tell you? Maybe this defense wasn't a fit for him. Maybe there was something in the way he worked and prepared. Maybe there was another factor I'm not accounting for. But I just feel like, you know, if you're going to carry this guy, you know, wouldn't you want to see him in some live reps, kind of like what you were doing with the, with the offensive lineman? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just think that, you know, uh, I, I can't give him an F, but I, I can give him an incomplete because I just don't think there's enough of a body of work to, to give him a fair grade. All right. Now, before I close out the show, what is my overall grade for the class of 2018? That being the Giants class of 2018. My overall grade is a D, like David, plus. There hasn't been enough progress made by this class as a whole across the board. You know, that's the bottom line. Barkley, you know, you can make a case. Barkley and and Lorenzo Carter are the best of the picks. Um, But there's a lot of 
question marks that you still don't know about this class. You don't know about, you know, B.J. Hill. You don't know about um, R.J. McIntosh. Um, like, and like I said, uh, Kyle Lawletta, who's not even on the team anymore, he was a failure. Will Hernandez is, is you know, I, I hate to say it, but if he doesn't get back into to the swing of things, I mean, he's he could potentially be a step away from being a failure, too. Just really not a strong 2018 class. At the time, it looked good, but after three years, that's my take on this class. If you agree, disagree with the grades I have I have given them, you know what to do, folks. Drop me a line, LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com. And uh, next week, when I return with all new shows here on the Locked on Giants podcast, I will, I'll be happy to mention a few of them um, on Monday's show. Um, the other thing, uh, before I forget and before I call it a show, is next Tuesday we will do a Twitter Tuesday. So please get your questions into me. So this way um, we have enough. You know, I'm trying to give you guys enough heads, uh, enough of a head start, if you will, uh, to get your questions in. So hopefully I hear from you. And uh, on that note, that'll do it for today's episode of Locked on Giants. So thank you so much, folks, for listening today and every day this week. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back Monday with Mock Draft Monday. Have a great week, guys.